Hey guys, George Mesa, Third Eye Edify Podcast. And I am very excited to have back on my good friend Meta Soundworks. If you're on the Telegram page, you see his awesome um, com um, comments and his awesome additions to all the conversations that we have. And he's coming to us across the pond, all the way from Belgium. And I'm very excited to have him back on in really what is a Third Eye Edify first. Much like I say on the show often, give me your ideas. Tell me what you think about things. He does. And this entire outline for this episode is made by him. It's not from me. Normally, as I was telling him before we jumped on, I spend two to six hours on the outline. Depends. If, if I don't read an entire book to inspire me as well. And this time around, I told myself, you know what? He's got the outline. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in. I know he's a trustworthy worldly man of all kinds of different topics that we discuss on a regular basis. And I'm very excited to get into it because it may have a little bit of inspiration from the previous Panama Canal episode with Slick Dissident, but this was happening well before he saw that. And I'm very excited to bring you back on the show for this. Thank you so much for coming on. And why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself in case they didn't see you from the last episode that we had. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for the lovely introduction. Um, glad to be here. Um, telling something about myself, I don't consider that so much to be important. I'll just say today's episode is about language, about three languages, about sound, about meta sound more specifically, wow. uh, about how meta sound works. Uh, it's mostly about speaking and the sounds of our speech, about uh, the sound of our own instrument and the, the true speech that we do that will be the contents of this show very cool very cool i think that it's a really important topic actually and we went over some i mean it's my show but i think we had some really important topics last time too mm -hmm. and we maybe even cleared up a few you know burning questions that people have for their entire lives even silly things like where how far does the cotton swab go in your ear and all that stuff we talked about a lot of different things and one of the things that came up, which may lead directly into this whole conversation, is I was asking about particularly the shape of the ear, the outer ear. Mm -hmm. It has a very specific look to it. It almost seems like you're ending a maze and you get to the final you know, part of it. And you had said that in your opinion, because you, you weren't 100%, I mean, does anyone really know? You said that you may, have to, may mainly have to do with the taking in of language, how language is heard in our ears. Because the more I research things about language, the more I keep coming up with the very simple conclusion that written language may have taken a very long time after we had started speaking, whatever languages we may have started speaking at first. Whether or not we believe in, you know, the whole caveman evolution thing is a whole nother topic. But, um, <laughs> all right, I think that having said all that, first of all, if you're watching this and you love it, definitely go check out our previous episode. Because I think that you will find it to be uh, just as awesome. It was, let's see here, episode 41. And this is 51. Look at that. What are, what are the chances of that, right? Okay, so um, go for it, man. Let's get started. We have a very specific set of letters to, to kind of dig into. Yes. And you have so many different ways that we're going to discuss it. And it's all going to happen in part one. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, let's, let's dig in. Okay. Um, we start with four letters, the letter P, the letter R, the letter D, and the letter S. 
but we pronounce it Pardesh. So we don't consider the vowels. Mm-hmm. We only consider the consonants. And these letters are so important because they form our word paradise. Um, me, as a guy from Belgium, we say paradise. Right. Our neighbors here in French, they say paradis. <laughs> so it's a, it's a very important uh, word to consider because we, it's something we all aim for, you know. We all want to live in paradise, don't we? Right. And so I uh, read about it in a text from a Jewish Kabbalist. Uh, The text is uh, called the Zohar. And it is a a specific story that I want to share about Pardesh. It's a story about paradise, um, about four uh, rabbis that visited a garden. And the, the word Pardesh... It comes from the old Aramaic languages, from the Persian languages, and it means something like orchard or garden. And so these, fear, these uh, four rabbis, they uh, visited this garden, and it is said that uh, three of them, they gave the garden a good look, but they got damaged. Only one of them got out completely uh, Uh, He went in in peace and he returned in peace. So this guy, he found the key to paradise and the three others, they didn't. The first one is said to have been cutting down trees. The second one is said to have uh, been murdering other species in the garden. So killing animals, etc. And the third one, uh, during his looking around, he found honey, but he ate too much. So um, the first one, the, the, the hidden meaning of this is that the first one, he turned his back to the Torah. The Torah, the word of God, the truth. It is someone who, who turned his back to truth. He lost his faith. The second one is said to also have died. And the third one, um, he went crazy. Mm. He lavished so much of all there is to see in this garden that he went completely mad. But this uh, story is shared for one particular reason. And that is to teach us um, the four ways of interpretation. There are four ways when we hear a story, when we read a story, when we see something, There are four ways in which we interpret things. And that's what these guys have done. And once we are able to master all four of them, then we have the key to paradise. That's what the last guy did. He can enter and leave paradise whenever he wants because he mastered all the four ways of interpreting, of comprehension. These four ways are, the first one is taking things literally. And this is depicted by the letter P in Pardesh. So taking things literally. The second way of interpretation is um, the figurative, the allegorically, uh, the allegorical way of of, of, uh, interpreting things. So adding different meanings to a same word using right. double speak 
for example. Um, the third way of interpretation is jurisdictionally, dividing things in good and bad. Very black and white way of thinking, the dualistic way of thinking, uh, dividing everything in opposites. Right. But more specifically, being very judgmental about it. So, first one, literally, second one, allegorically, third one, jurisdictionally. And this is also depicted in the, in the four letters, which by the way are, uh, if you pronounce them in Aramaic, the first one is called Pshat, the second one is called Remez, the third one is called Drash, and the fourth one is called Sod. And this last one, Sod, translates as secret. Hmm. It's a secret way of interpreting things. It's a way that we only learn once we have mastered the three previous ones. And this secret way of interpreting is using our inner compass. It's using our built-in nature to interpret a story. And one way to put it is refrain from using all the other ways. Right. So don't take things literally. Don't go searching for allegories in everything. Don't be judgmental and don't keep secrets. And this is uh, how we reach true honor. When we are finally uh, an honest uh, being, we can create our own happy feelings. At, at all times, we can enter paradise and, 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 and go back out of it because we are able to create our own joy to create our own path, to create our own uh, happiness and blessedness. And because we are able to uh, interpret stories in four ways. And that, that also means we can um, recognize in others when they are doing this. Mm. When somebody is using doublespeak, yeah, once we master doublespeak, we know what they are saying. Once someone is uh, being very judgmental, we we witness this. We we feel their anger, you know. The, and when someone is keeping secrets, same thing. When we are honest ourselves and our vibrations don't sync up with the vibrations of the other, we know there's something missing. So these four ways are uh, also some kind of pathway through life. Uh, in the Zohar, but that's just allegorically, it is said that you cannot read the Zohar before you are 40 and married. Mm -hmm. I've heard this, that the Kabbalahs, they don't, the, the Jewish mysteries, they don't allow you to your 40. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that. And this is because uh, the first way, taking thin things literally, we do this in the first decade of our lives. Mm -hmm. And then it is said in the second decade, we learn about double speak and about double meaning of words and allegories and figurative speech. And in the third decade of our life, we start becoming judgmental about this. We start to 
rebel, you know, we start to see right. this is good, this is bad. And it is actually a journey, uh, just like the hero's journey, mm -hmm. in which we go through three dark nights of the soul. We travel over them three times from the P to the R, right. from literal to figurative to allegorical, and then from the R to the D. So we travel from taking things in double speak to being judgmental. And then finally, we teach ourselves the shh. And then we know the secret and we can be, we can have inner peace at all times. We are not judgmental anymore, etc. And the cool thing about this is that it is actually built in the sounds itself also. Mm. So it's not just the the symbol of the letter P, mm -hmm. but there is literally only one way to create a P. You press your lips together and then you pop them. Right. There is only one way. But then the letter R can be pronounced in many different ways. Mm. And that's when the double speak sets in. Right. So, for example, here in Belgium, we use the R with the tip of our tongue. Right. We say R. Right. You in America, you say R. You make this little uh, gutter and you, you, you let the air, the, the air flow. Right. And in the French country, they use the back of their tongue mm. and they add a little saliva to it and they go R. Yeah. So there is three places in which we can pronounce an R sound. So that's the double speak aspect. And then third, there is the D in Pardesh. That's a, a mouth stance a, a, in which we are very dualistic. We can only say if we use the, the same, uh, uh, if we place the song similar, the, the tongue similarly, we can only speak D or T. Mm -hmm. It's the same sound. The T is only making use of our skull, our head, right. as a resonating chamber of our mouth. Right. And the D uses the entire body. And that's it. It's a very dualistic thing also. So, so it's built in the sound. You can only say D or T in this particular uh, mouth stance. Depending if you use your body, if you are holistic, you say D. If you are only in your mind and you only use your headspace, you say T. And then last but not least is the SH sound. Um, uh, we will see later on on the speech banana that uh, the S can be interchanged for a lot of sounds. Mm -hmm. uh, there is the SH, the H, the um, K, the right. H. Uh, and of all these sounds, the sh sound is the most complete one. Mm. It has all the frequencies, so it's not lying to you. It has everything. So it is act the, the, the meaning and the four ways of interpreting things are baked within us, in our own sound. In the P, the different R's, the dualistic DT, and then the S, the sh sound. 
And that's the first story uh, in this episode, the story of the Pardesh. That's wonderful. Really, what a, what a start, man. I am intrigued. I would watch this. <laughs> I would watch this episode. I'm uh -huh. learning a lot just by hearing this. Can you remind, if anyone wants to find this story specifically, remind them where this exactly comes from? Well, it's in the Zohar. The Zohar. Uh, but it takes some time to understand the Zohar. It's sure. not written in uh, English. <laughs> right, right. You you heard a lecture of an interpretation or you yeah. read a lecture? Yeah. Okay, okay. A rabbi taught me this. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Well, if you want to, if, if there is a link, maybe we'll put it in the show notes if it's available. But I want to... I read it in Dutch. You read it in Dutch. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's fine. I think people have enough info here. If they want to, if they're hungry, they'll find it. Because this is clearly a masterfully put together story. Yeah. And um, something that was I, just on my mind as I was thinking about this and as, as you were talking, because I've had a few language episodes, as you know, and a lot of times... You know, some languages that are consonantory, they write it where you see the consonant and they don't write the vowels. And that's because the consonants are a little more set in stone. Where, like you, you just mentioned how uh, uh, Pardish comes out or how Paradise comes out in different countries. You know, obviously the PRDS is there. Yeah. The other things are what change. And what's cool, for example, is in France, the secret is missing. Mm, they say yeah. Paradis. But D, they don't right. pronounce the S. It's missing. And it's written, though, even more yeah. interesting. It's, it's on the paper. Because I've sung in French many times from, you know, different, yeah. uh, different composers. Or for you in America, think about all the words that end in ED. Right. You don't say the D. Right. You pronounce it T. It's a T, yes. Happens very often. And a lot of times when people are, especially if you watch like somebody like me making a show... If you're deep in thought or you're flowing, more of a flow state, even if you have your notes, sometimes words that you would say with a D, they come out with a little bit more of a T. And I only noticed it, I noticed several things here while having to sing often in other languages because mm -hmm. of done the music route, you know, very thoroughly. And one yeah. of the first things that we were told is this D is a T if we're singing German. And then, of course, and then... We would, if we were to just do a rhythmic study of the piece without worrying about singing the notes because we were fresh on it, we're trying to get the rhythm together because rhythm is everything, we would often use T. We would just get T because it is just T. And while all those languages that don't write with vowels work, you don't have anything until you have a vowel. You can't sing the letter T. There's nothing to sing. It's just that's it's, what T is. It's headspace only. Like you yeah. said, skull. Exactly. You need the resonance and everything else comes from the vowel, which is a, a very big part of how this all comes out. And then the sh thing is also a really big part of raising a child. I mean, it, it's, it just comes up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very catchy thing. Sometimes yeah. you, can, you can use also, it for animals. Also, the, the, the sh sound is the highest sound that we make. Interesting. It seems, that seems very accurate. Now that you're saying it, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah. Even when, again, just to make a obvious reference for musical things, like if a whole chorus goes, Shh, it, it hits the whole hall completely differently than any other yeah. sound. You're right. Yeah. hundred percent. You will see this later on, on the sonogram. Remind me mm -hmm. to show this. The difference between an S and a Sh. It's a lot. Yeah. For the sonogram. Yep. Yep. Yep.
S versus sh. Yeah. Okay. okay. When, when studying languages, right. we often use this, this uh, on the inverse, they call it the cipher, mm. where you can switch languages, uh, letters between languages. And so there is this thing. Why is that? Because we use the same mouth stance mm -hmm. or the same, for example, the letter M and the letter N. Right. There is not much difference. It's the same thing. The, the, the M is closed, lips are closed, M and N is the is, lips are open. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I had to say about that was the letter N. That is our natural resting point. If we are relaxed, I see the tip. The tip of our tongue is resting on this. Uh, we call it the papilla incisiva, the, right. the little bulge behind the two front teeth. There, there, our tongue is resting, and when we are relaxed, so the the, the most easy sound to pronounce, n, or when we are really enjoying our meal, we don't even open our mouth. Right. N. Right, and yet we're the, still using a vowel almost. Yeah. Like we're using and this is all, open all, also in music why we use the word N mm. when uh, reading a rest. Mm. N is our natural rest. Right. One and two and three and four. And that's that's because N is our natural rest. Sure, it flows better if you go faster too. There's a lot yeah. of, you could try other things, but once the tempo raises, that flows so much better. One, yeah. two, and three, and four. One, two, and three, and four. It just works. Yeah. Even if you don't know what I just said, like it's, you get it's it. It's our know? starting point to start speaking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good point. And with, um, during the course of my musical studies, as you can tell, I obviously sung plenty and it wasn't, I was playing bass guitar, so I wasn't in the orchestra. Okay. That's why <laughs> I was not an orchestral instrument. So we had two different masters come. One was German and the other one was Russian. Um, and when the German one was there, he had us, he had a smell, this beautiful flower. The first thing we did, very first thing, mm, it's a great vocal exercise because it's a point of rest. And the Russian yeah. had the same thing. He said, hmm, hmm, hmm. And he almost wanted like an H on his though, you know, hmm, kind of. But yes, yeah. it's a very commonly used thing. And I think anyone watching will immediately like, wow, I see. Yeah, yeah it's a common yogic practice also. In yoga, the, the, the buzzing breath, uh, the... the the, the 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 breath of the bees right you, you instead of uh, doing an om mantra you right. just close your mouth and go mm -hmm. right and uh, and the om that's the last one right om is of course yeah. of course it's also the midpoint in the alphabet right so it's the the resting point in the entire hero's journey Traveling from A to Z. N is where we start to go up again. That's right. 13 down, 13 up. As yep. I, you know, I had thought of it, but once I read the esoteric structure of the alphabet, I had a much, much clearer picture of the descent and then the rising again. Yes. Yeah. And one thing we use also is the symbol U. Right. This is a depiction that has been added later to the alphabet. And it describes the entire journey. You start on the, at the top, you go down, and you go back up again. Right. No matter in which direction you read it, mm -hmm. from left to right, right to left, it is the esoteric hero's journey. Yes. And very, I love that you mentioned that because I'm all about what's inverted in the world on this show, as you know. And 
very often as they show you how to be how to solo over a jazz tune or how to write a story it often is the inversion the bell goes the other way start here reach the climax find your way back to where we started it's like inverted almost yeah it's a very interesting situation that's how we speak also yes we it go is. up in our intonation and if we ask a question we stop there and right. the other one has to go down again yes but if we just say a sentence we go up in the sentence and at the end of the sentence we return the full flow yes this is the yeah. antecedent and the consequence in yeah. music and anything else perfect yeah well said man well said and, and oh, this so this great. this hero's journey um uh is also depicted in the word wise mm. it means that we have done this thing three times we have done the dark night of the soul three times it is said uh, uh, in the hermes story hermes trismegistus um three times great mm -hmm. yeah it is depicted in the word wise if you see the you you don't look at the vowels right just the w and the s it is a w so twice the right. u twice the hero's journey and then the sh you have gone from p over r to d to sh so the word wise is three times the hero's journey. And that's the, the people we respect. We call them wise because they know the secret. Right. Very true. And, you know, that word, unlike the way things are around these parts lately, people just use words freely and don't really think about what they actually mean. And very often yeah. words are being misused a lot lately, especially with the texting internet culture whatever you want to call it, Instagram, TikTok, doesn't matter. But that word wise is is really reserved for impactful moments, I feel. And I'm just going on a whim in my own thoughts and my whole life, but that word is not used very often. And I was just talking to my wife about the word wealthy versus rich. Same thing. I don't think people say wealthy nearly as much as like, oh, he's rich, he's rich, he's rich. Wealthy is reserved for that when you know you really want to mean it. It's the same thing, but in Hebrew... It's the W and the T, the Tav, the end letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Right. So it's yes. twice the hero's journey and then to the Tav. I see that. And same thing with, um, you know, if you re relate the uh, Hebrew alphabet to the major arcana of the tarot, same thing. The Tav is the world. It's everything. It's where it should yep. end. Yes. Everything all in one. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, this come everything we just discussed, every little silly thing that has to do with like life experiences or just thoughts. They all come down to the story you just told. It's an incredible story. Yeah. It's a very smartly yeah. written one, much like any holy book. These, the, the, all the, are... the story, the, the main message of the story yeah. is this, this, these four ways of interpretation. And this is a, a kind of cipher that we can use also. When we see and we, we take a starting point, the word Pardesh, and we see other words where some letter change letter switch has happened right we now know what is going on if we miss the s then it is someone who doesn't have the capacity to uh, to 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 uh, interpret from inner compass if the the d is switched to a t for example then we know there is something jurisdictionally not correct mm. so Every letter switch almost has a meaning to it. Wow. Even if, even if we split, uh, switch places, 
for example, I, I like this with the word priest. Yeah. Priest has the same four letters as Pardesh, but the last S is switched with the D. Right. And the T and the D have switched. Right. So what are priests? Priests are the ones that confuse their own inner compass with jurisdiction. They, are, they act like they are the voice of God. So they, they confuse the correct order of interpretation. And they switch the D and the T. So they are very much about, you should not do this. They are very judgmental. Very you're good. a sinner, you're etc. Right. And of so, course, they make others that they want you to feel that way about seem that way as well. And the word act, yeah. like you said, is really a big part of it especially yeah. with all the acts being passed by law or apparently in our government lately. So yeah, it's a big word. It's a big yeah. word. It's a big stage. You can go through entire dictionaries with this word, especially in the English language. The part is you're saying. Yeah. 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 And the more I think about it, it just keeps happening. I, <laughs> I, you mentioned it. I, I call it pirate language because of the pirates. It's also pardes, but the DNT switch happened. Right. So pirates, pirates, they live in a fake paradise. They try to be in a fake paradise. And I'll get back to this later on in the, in the show. Cool. Because that might actually be, I guess, the link to the previous Panama episode that I had with uh, Slick. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, big time. Really. It's, it's really cool, man. I, I love this topic. Yeah. And this could easily be uh, three days of talking straight very easily. And, and I know that, and that's why it's so interesting that we've only, we've really only discussed the opening story here. I mean, it's so, so cool, man. You know, inner, maybe we could quickly discuss inner compass because that's one thing that I personally, I don't really, whatever you want to call it, toot my own horn very often, but my mm -hmm. inner compass is so freaking strong, you know? And I think everyone's really is. The difference between a lot of people is whether they're, trained out of it through fear, through the typical systems that people go through, schooling, you know, parenting, the parents that went to that same school, you're trained to fight your own instincts. And mm -hmm. that's why the matrix keeps winning with cubicle slaves. People keep getting these, you know, I need a 401k, I need this, I need that. They're just in fear. They never grow. Mm -hmm. And they, they learn and are trained to fight their inner compass. So the secret is never revealed to them. And mm -hmm. it, it remains a secret, as a matter of fact. And yeah. little things like this, just telling someone this story, you never know, it could open their eyes. I mean, having the inner compass is one of the most important things that we have. Mm -hmm. Listening to it is one of the hardest things we have to unlearn to be, get back on track with. Yeah. It's one of Very the true. easiest ways for humanity to grow right now, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the way I would describe it is uh, through the ego. Mm. Um, the, the inner compass has always been there, yeah. but it has been clouded by egotistical thinking and by the way that we are in, in the schooled and groomed to think. Um, but that's also part of the journey. We need to go through three phases and mostly these are very dark nights of the soul, so they are... Um, in a state of complete despair. It is, I would think that people go through three times complete desperation. Mm. And then they turn back and they see the light. If they go through three times, that's the wisdom stage. So all this 
so-called darkness that we witness around us, it has a purpose. It has a function. It feeds or or, or it, it it pushes the ones that are, that need to go to total desperation. Still, I like that. You know, and I think it's a big part of growing up, especially when you're really young. You know you got to knock over the vase and break it to, to get some kind of yeah. a lesson sometimes, you know, it's unfortunate, yeah. but, and then you have the, let's call them the priest class. Mm -hmm. They try to fake this. They have this knowledge and they try to push their children early on as fast right. as possible through three stages of total despair. Thinking that nature will not do this to them, but it does. Right. So they, they go to a, an overkill of desperation. Right. And just like you said, I want to reword it in my own thoughts. So, so because it's really perfectly said, like as if it won't naturally happen, right? As it if yeah. nature would not provide this for you. We mm -hmm. get what we need. We are, we exist for, you know, who knows many reasons, but if if there's one thing we do well, it's we grow. We are meant to grow and learn and, and keep growing and not stagnate. Mm -hmm. That's just the purpose here. Yeah. As long as you keep watering the plants, you know? Yeah. Yes, I think that's a very and big part of the success of it. Is that it's they, a very... It. The, the, the start of this journey, the start of actually reaching the, the, the last phase, always, no matter which, which uh, mystery school you read or you, you look at, it always starts with someone uh, accept, accepting to be honest from now on, to always speak the truth. That's always the first step. You decide, I'm going to speak the truth now, no matter what. If right. I don't know it, I will just simply say, I don't know it. Right. But I'll be honest about it. And like that, we, we develop this inner compass that can vibrate with others and we can recognize this in others that's how we grow empathy that's how we feel okay this person we i can trust him or her mm -hmm. because i vibrate with this it feels good what he or she is saying so that uh and that that's the hardest step to do the first step like in the tarot card the the, the full card or the soul card the the step in the in the abyss, in the, uh, the the hardest step is to is to have the ego say, "Okay, I was wrong. I will not lie anymore. I was wrong. I will speak truth from now on." Then it comes right back to focusing on your inner compass because right away it's going to say, "Hey, has this ever worked for you yet? Why don't we give it up now? It's it hasn't done any good for us so far, you know." And that that may include little white lies too. Unless you're hiding a birthday gift or something, there's really there's no reason. It's never going to do anything. And I think kids realize it early on, but the way school is and other things like it, you almost feel like you have to lie to just get an extra day of, you know, an extra day off of school and sleep instead of taking a test or something. You just feel like trapped and how do I get out of this thing? You're forced almost into it. And that's, you know, these are excuses, but I think the modern child understands this problem and mm -hmm. they just don't know where it's coming from. And they don't express it. That's for damn sure. So then no one knows and they can't solve it. They can't do things naturally. Yeah, I guess it really comes down to that, really. How often yeah, are we allowed to now um, that you say this, naturally grow? Um, the word trapped 
Hmm. <laughs> Link it to Pardesh. There it is. It's the anagram and it's the, the letter switcheroo. Yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah. The, um, it's going to be, it's going to be there. It's going to be there a lot. And, and don't be surprised. Everyone keeping score at home. <laughs> don't yeah. be surprised at all. So I think we could, we could keep going on this, but I, I, we made yeah. it, we made some good points, especially the, you know, the dark nights of the soul, the four ways, the secret, knowing the secret by knowing the other three, living through them naturally and not having it forced. You know, you can write this on a chalkboard for a seven-year-old. It's not really going to mean much. They do have to live. And I think it's curious. A lot of times cycles are shown in seven years and things of that nature, four years. But here we see the 10-year cycle. And that is, it's often left out of the modern conversation because mm -hmm. we have a lot of 12s and things that we are told occur in nature. Meanwhile, sometimes it's 13. It, it depends, you know, moon cycles, let's say. It depends on what you're looking at and how you think about it. Yeah. They tell us there's 12 notes in the chromatic scale. That's kind of not natural either. So it's it's. I don't think to it, see it has to be 10 years. I uh, think right, each it and be every your... one of us have our own rhythm. Yeah, our right. Tempo to, to discover this. It's culture too, you know. It's culture yeah. too. Depends on what you are exposed to and what you can and can do. If you never saw a bicycle or a car, you're not going very far. So maybe the things will happen quicker. You just don't know. You don't know. It could be... A, a close friend dying, for example, you revolve immediately because you think about everything you never thought about or you put things into perspective you never wanted to or needed to. Mm -hmm. You just don't know what's going to do it. You never know. Um, but, you know. It's it's unique for every one of us. Unique. The manifestation of it is unique. But, right. the, but the story can be told conceptually as right. in, the, in the Pardesh story. Right. But it is interesting, though, that you mentioned the 40 with the Kabbalah, because I heard that exact number, and I guess that's one of the reasons why they do tell you you have to wait till you're 40. I mean, mm -hmm. you should live something of a life before in entering into this information. It's actually telling you you need to master these right. uh, ways of interpretation, and you cannot master, the, master them by just reading them. You have to actually experience them and have hands-on yeah, nature, nature has to run its course, in other yeah. words, right? With the natural way of things, yeah. So does that bring us right into your next bullet point here, indoctrination school? Because we uh, already sort of discussed it, but what do you think? Let me see if we covered everything. Uh, yeah, I have, of course. I have to add the letter Shin. Mm. This is, uh, in the Kabbalistic text, the most important letter. Really? And there is this cute little story, the, the letter Shin, is this uh, W right. sign with the three flames yeah, on it? That. Yep. It is said that earlier it was written with a fourth leg with another flame on it. So that's the fourth element that is missing. Oh. In many other schools, there is a fourth pillar missing. Right. Or in this Loki series that we've been following on, on the universe, there's right. a fourth timekeeper. Yeah, there's a fourth timekeeper missing. Uh-huh. It's all related to this Pardesh story. Oh, and it's directly said in the show we're missing the fourth timekeeper, or you have to kind of search for it? There are only three, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting, too, because later on, you know, if you can see it in the thumbnail behind us, we're going to discuss the Sphinx, and that's one of the stories. How many legs does this animal walk yeah. on during its life? So, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> and then there's also uh, this movie that you told me to watch lately and, and it started and ended with a gate and the slogan said no trespassing 
This means no trees passing. No trees. You have to have the fourth pillar. If you are just P, R, and D, you're not passing into paradise. Mm, right. Passing right. is also the entire journey from P to S to pass. So no trees passing. If, if you are a fort, then you can pass the gate. Wow. It's in many stories. You, 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 I saw the Holy Grail movie from, oh. from Monty Python. Right. It has the same thing, crossing a bridge. Right. In which you have to answer three, qu three questions and then a fort later on. Some so. questions easier than others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite color? Yeah, yeah, that movie is something else. Um, but the link to the um, the link to the indoctrination school thing is in the in the speech banana first. Could okay. you maybe pull up the speech banana? Do you have it somewhere? Or yes, I could. Otherwise, I could show it. If you have it right now, you can show it. Yeah. Um, I could place it. Let's, Let's see who gets it first. <laughs> can show my. There it is. Good Here is the speech banana. Yep. I had it ready. Wonderful. Okay. So this is for the visually minded people. Those that uh, do not have the ears to hear yet. If we say shh, the most high sound. Yeah. Right. You can literally see this here. So this is the uh, range of the average human speech. From left to right, you see the, the frequency, the pitch the height of the sound. Right. So the low tones are on the left and the high tones are on the right side. And the the vertical, the the, the x-axis, uh, the y-axis, I'm sorry, right. uh, has the loudness, the average loudness on an average distance. But that's for that's not so important for this conversation. Uh, right. Here we see the sounds that we can create. We, we all share this. We all have this in common. These are the sounds that we can make they are written in, in the English uh, on this uh, uh, diagram. And so you can see this distinction at the thousand hertz. Uh, there are sounds that are to the left of this, mm. and there are sounds that are to the right of this. You can sure. see this as one grand octave. Right. The, the octave from 100 to 1000, mm -hmm. and the octave from 1000 to 10,000. And what you see here is the placement of the fundamental pitch. It's not the entire sound. Right. It's just the fundamental pitch. Um, and this can be used as a cipher. So why can we switch an F and an S sound all the way to the right? The F and the S, because they are very closely related sound-wise. They sound very similar. I love to see that on paper. Amazing. Yeah. All and our vowel sounds are on the left side. Right. In the first octave. That's when we use our body to speak. Mm -hmm. All the very um, transient you mean sounds. Like everything. Right. Yeah. All the very transient sounds are on the right side when we only use our skull. interesting because you there's a certain level of training where you do need to resonate vowels in your skull but it's very different it's not the the spark or the creation of that that comes from all over here 
but then yeah. the, you can res, you use the resonating chamber beyond that's that. what they teach opera singers exactly yeah. exactly they said you want to feel it you want to feel it in your third uh -huh. eye is what they tell you if you're not yeah. feeling something here you, you're just not maximizing and it, it's yeah. training it's like an, it is an instrument of course you must train and it is the most versatile instrument and now we can see that it can be the most deceptive too mm -hmm. this is how birds are able to mimic machine sounds and stuff the, the voice at certain levels can be very deceptive and here we can see how easy it is to deceive someone just by changing a vowel or by changing a, a consonant in, in the language itself yeah so we'll we'll get back to the speech banana later on sure um the next topic is the topic of the indoctrination school huh? right uh, okay uh this is a thing that you guys in in america you don't use anymore mm. um, over here we have this thing built in our language that uh, when addressing someone in second person we make a distinction mm -hmm. between addressing them casually or addressing them respectfully addressing them uh, uh, politely it is also the private versus public thing but yeah. that's another story right 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 um and we actually use other words for it if we address someone we say yay or yeah mm -hmm. as casual way of speaking to someone right and if we are meeting a stranger or are trying to be respectful we say and we write this as the you right so the you the, the that depicts the entire journey we use this as a way of politeness just like saying someone is wise right and it is built in our language nobody tells us why and i've translated for you a, a passage from the uh lang language book the advanced teachings of dutch cool uh, uh, and this says the following I'm, I'm just going to read it uh sure one use the yai forum for friends acquaintances youth till about 18 years old and family members whom are equally old or young as you in general can the trustee form be used when also the first name is being used two use the you form the u for strangers older than 18 years old for elderly and for persons with whom you only have a business-like relationship for example in stores in meetings or persons whom are placed higher teachers physicians priests etc in general the politeness form is used when sir madam or a title like professor master or any other title is used right family members whom are older than you are nowadays addressed more and more with yay three the proposition to say yay in situations where age or status of the interlocutor differs should be based on the premise of the elder or the higher ranking in other situations when in doubt one is guided by common sense and tact right so this is directly from the advanced teachings of dutch in which 
the priest class has embedded that we have to address them politely. The teachers, the physicians, the priests, the professors, the everyone who has a title should be addressed with the word U, the entire hero's journey. Right. As if they went through it already, but it's not. <laughs> right. So this is something, uh, the French language has this also. They make a distinction between uh, tu and vous. And they even have a verb for it. They call it tutoyer and vous voyez. If you talk to someone casually or politeful or uh, respectful. And this is something, yeah, it's like uh, they, they, they have managed to teach us this. It's because why would we call someone who has not gone through the entire uh, Pardesh story? Why would we be making this distinction of you are so great, you are t three times great, let's, <laughs> let's call you Uy. And we just do this naturally because we are taught this when we are little at school. Right. I do this still daily. When I meet a stranger, I say, Uy. I don't say, yeah. Right. In English, you all say you. It's just, if you are being casual, you, you simply say you. But my best guess is that you also used to have this difference with the word thou. Right. Because if we look at thou from the Pardesh story, the first letter T is the Tav. Right. The O is the Omega, the Greek ending of the alphabet. Right. And then there's another U. So it's also three times the, 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 the Dark Knight of the Soul. So I, I, I'm thinking I, that's just a random guess of me or, or some, no, some synchronicity that I noticed. Maybe in English it used to be also that you had to say you to someone who had gone through one hero's journey and thou to someone who had gone through them three times. That would make a lot of sense, especially because knowing what we already discussed about the nature of the alphabet itself and the hero's journey, you know, the path of it, that the word you is actually the exact same way that we say the letter you all by itself. There is no difference whatsoever. Y-O-U for us is you, the letter you spelled out with three letters yeah. unnecessarily as, as a lot of our language seems to waste certain things or, or letters at least. So yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a so big deal. Com comparing languages, you can de derive this knowledge so from the Dutch and the, and the French. There is still this difference today. In America, there is not, but probably it was. It's my best guess. You know, I want to quickly off rail in this exact topic because I think it'd be very interesting for a lot of people that watch here in the States and there's people watching around the world, which I just so thrilled about. And thank you all, by the way. Um, I personally was always confused about, you know, Netherlands, Dutch, Deutschland, Holland, you're near there, right? Netherlands is your Northern border. Is that right? Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. So can you maybe get a little more into just for a moment, you know, how do you, what do you know about like, do we call it Holland? I know that we're not supposed to, or maybe we do. I, I never knew it. I've always wondered why do English speaking <laughs> people call it Dutch? 
Dutch, because right. we say Netherlands. Right, you don't even use the term whatsoever. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's just our... it's not something we use. It there is a region in the Netherlands where they speak Diets. Mm. And the German people are we call them Dutchland. Right. Germans themselves refer to themselves as Deutschland. Right. So there is the DT or the DTS, yeah. it's there. Yeah, it is. But Interesting. The way I look it, uh, at, at it now is from the DT switch. It literally says DT switch. DTS. DTS, yeah. Yeah. It, it <laughs> literally it spells DT switch. Right. Oh, that's amazing. And this is what comes from looking deeper into these things, you know, because you're, you're in a very interesting location in Europe. And based on what you told us last time in episode 41 about, you know, how many different governments you have, which I could, still can't even get over because of all the different, there's one for each language or a few for each language that you have there. Yeah. And this is why you're, it's a, you're in a really good spot to know all these things. Yeah. The U S might be the melting pot or whatever, but you're kind of like almost the melting pot of Europe, as far as I can tell. And I don't know any better, but it's interesting that you can have all these perspectives. But to end that little side, like we're, we're in the, in the half of it because we, we also have the European Parliament here. Right. But right. they also reside in France. Is that in Brussels? Yeah. Right. There is the European Parliament in Brussels and there is one in Paris also. And that's it for all of Europe? Yeah. Oh, they, wow. they travel between those two locations. Oh. That's where they gather. Wow. That's and we also good. have a president. Did you know that? No. No. <laughs> there is a European president. No, I don't think I knew that. Mm-hmm. Who's, do you know what the name is? No, I'm, I'm, I'm. Maybe if I heard the name, I would know the politics anymore. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I, keep, I knew we had a Belgian guy some, some time ago. But. Right. Yeah. If I heard the name, I might know the name and not realize that that's who. Yeah, I guess I've heard EU Parliament president, maybe. Is that the mm -hmm. official term? Maybe I, maybe I have heard that, actually. But I still, I'm not paying attention enough to like, care that that's even a title. They would get an U, right? How do you say it? U? What do you mean? How do you say it with the, you know, with the, you know, when you, when you address someone? U. 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 Like, like, uh, like, like mural. U. U. Okay, okay. The U yeah, in mural. If I spend time, I don't want to embarrass, I, I'll, I'll spend the time, I'll make it right, I'll make it right. So that does, I love that you mentioned the private versus public, because a lot of times this does fall into that, you know, almost rank, you have to say you must address by rank, because of course we're the, yeah. you know, we're better, you need to let us know. That's how, how they have built in hi hierarchy in our language. Right. We are naturally inclined to use hierarchy, something that doesn't exist, we are all doesn't of exist. equal value here. That's right. But we have to have these ranking titles and then address them accordingly. Right. It almost works into, and just like silly side note, but it works into the whole tipping culture around here. Like you tip these people, but you don't tip the, you don't tip these people, you know? And I, as a, as a private music instructor, I used to make, you know, three to $600 right at the end of the year. Because a lot of times with the weekly lessons, you know, you lose a few in December for the holidays and maybe the early January is not so great either. So people would give you at least one lesson's worth of money to be like, I know we're not going to see you for like two weeks. Here's some money. And then as soon as COVID hit, I that just dropped off completely to like less than $100. That Whatever. Not important, not good or bad, but 
the tipping culture is very strange. Mm-hmm. These people get all these tips and then everyone else gets nothing. Like everyone deserves yeah. the right amount of money to begin with where we shouldn't have to tip. And if you want to tip, you do, you know, but we don't have that here, the tipping culture or it's just, we, we, it is growing. It is, it's really it's, uh, coming over from America. Yeah. Oh, wow. The, the American enterprises uh, that are having, uh, uh, sections here, mm. they, they bring it. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. So they bring the culture with them in other words. For example, food delivery things, right. food delivery companies, they also start asking tips now for the delivery guy. Well, that, that culture is taking over around here too, yeah. uh, big time. People are like, you know, I need my alcohol and cigarettes and fast food, so can you just bring them all at once? And they do. They're like, yeah, we'll stop at the liquor store for you after buying your, your fake food. Sure, you know? <laughs> oh, it's crazy, man. All right, so you your next bullet point is the spelling trick trickster spell yes yes do you feel like that's the next thing yep all right all right it's it, it, uh, the thing of the dts which in the dutch language doesn't right. end there ah. it's not only in the word you it's not only in the addressing of people mm. it's also in the conjugation of our verbs there is a weird thing that we are taught in school right. and we are not taught why and this is uh yeah i call it uh yeah, it's it's literally called spelling, how to spell words. Right. So in the spelling lessons, we get taught that, uh, or we get taught that um, at the end of a verb, right, in second person when addressing someone, mm-hmm. we should add an extra t, even if we do not pronounce it, we should add an extra t. And when do we need to do this? And we are taught this little mnemonic to to remember the sounds. It is only when a certain sound is sounding. And this mnemonic goes like tkofskip or tfokschap. (laughs) If I would make an English mnemonic, it would sound the fake ship. (laughs) Right. So all these sounds, T, F, K, Sh, Kh. If the verb ends in this sound add an extra T. It's almost like saying, add an extra hero's journey. Uh And it is mostly used when addressing someone politely. When using the U form and using the polite form, add an extra T in writing. So they, it's like they make up for their fake status, you know? Sure. And it almost adds to the priest class. The T looks like a cross. I mean, let's let's be real about the image. Well, that's the thing. It is from the priest class. Uh-huh. The priest class is the are the ones the monks are the ones that could write. Right. Yeah? They they devised these rule sets. They devised this language thing. It's an old spell, I think. It's a it's a very tricky spell because nobody knows if and and it's it's so confusing. Right. Ask any Dutch or or Flemish uh, uh, person. Ask them about the DT switch about writing D's or T's at the end of a verb. Right. It's, <laughs> and there is so much discussion about it and it's made fun of. And uh, can you even spell, you know? The, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a an extra T behind a verb when addressing politely. And, and you pronounce it or it's only written? It's only written. You never use it yeah. when you speak, right? Mm-hmm. But of course, if you don't do it on your school project, you're... you're it counts as a mistake. It counts wrong. Yeah, especially when you're uh, learn uh, 
the, the, the Dutch grammar, the Dutch grammar, the Dutch grammatica. If it's a spelling test, yeah. So I see that there's going to be a connection here with what we're going to talk about in part two regarding the Sphinx and the story of uh, judges. Yeah. That's going to be very interesting because, you know, you it's almost like they're catching you like, ha, you never even went to school, did you? Because you say it just fine, right? You're speaking perfectly uh -huh. fine, but you have no idea that there's a freaking T on that word. You know, it's like uh, we have words like that here too, like um, burrow has a GH at the end. You know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. no, we have no reason for any of that crap. It yeah. makes no sense. And the word borrow doesn't have it. It has a W, right? Mm -hmm. So there's all these little, and neighborhood, N-E-I-G-H, beautiful, B-E-A-U-T. You know, you would never guess that that has how that is spelled. But you're caught as a, you're wrong if you don't know that. You just have mm -hmm. to know it, you know? And that's why I always thought that learning how to read and write English would be something of a nightmare for most people that are coming from, especially like an Asian, Southeast Asian language, let's say. And, you know, you hear it and how differently they use their words. You know, T V's or W's for Indians. That's it. They're mm -hmm. not even going to say the V. And, and, and I get it. You know, please. They still speak better than a lot of people I know, actually. Yeah. But, um, and your English is great, too, man. Really. You know? Um, it's, I, I have watched too many American movies. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Grail. Just watch The Holy Grail. You'll learn all the words you ever needed uh -huh. to know. And you'll be just fine. <laughs> so... That's very intriguing. And I know, I see now, it's clearly going to relate to what we're going to discuss. But it's more than that, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's so indicative of the typical... Now we're getting into more of the private versus public, like you need to hire a lawyer because you don't know because you're an idiot mm -hmm. uh, thing. And I, and I, I see that too. It's yeah. harmful. And people would say like, you guys are just... You're just riffing on BS at this point. This is nothing. This is nonsense. But yeah, it's, it's a, a way it's a to lot. be very stern against children. You have to write this T. Uh-huh. Yeah. What do you mean? I've never why I've never said it. You know, <laughs> it it may it this is how this is the confusion. You know, this is where the confusion lives. It lives in the writing. And yeah. and then because you know, you again you could say something your whole life and then you see it on paper. And now the funny thing is now we're almost coming around, or at least we're doing one of these. Because now with the texting culture, with the ever since word processors came out and were able to correct you, a lot of mm -hmm. people, they, they're like, wait a minute, how do you spell that word? Because I think it's two D's or there's mm -hmm. two R's. And then you see it on paper. You're like, oh, wait, is that even right? You know, you could type and then you look back and be like, is that even right? I don't yeah. remember. People forget just like Animal Farm. They forget the laws and then they could make subtle changes and you would never know. If you changed... Let's just be totally random. If you changed 40 words, or if you even just changed the placement of 40 different words in the U.S. Constitution, I would dare to say that 97% of the population would have no idea. I would never know about no, it. It's so, happening. So. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, the, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> Yeah. But you know, and I'm, and you have similar scenarios going on with you. I'm sure. I know that some some pretty crazy stuffs going on by you too, and it's all it's all part of the show, and we know better. But like you said, until you you know you live these dark nights, it's hard to tell. Yeah. It's easy to tell when someone's being judgmental, but the double speak comes with practice. And yeah. nowadays, it's it's almost too easy now, and it's almost yeah. scary how easy it is. I look at any American news publication, and say, okay, they're saying this. 
First of all, it means that the complete opposite of this and that this is indeed going to happen soon enough. This thing they're saying isn't going to happen. You just got to go a total 180 on what they're saying. Yeah. Just reverse it. It's mm -hmm. so funny how their doublespeak isn't hidden anymore. It's just, it's the opposite of what we're saying is really coming. Yes, and when you know. using the key of Pardesh, right. you can also uh, know the meaning of all these three-letter things, mm. these three-letter companies, these three-letter abbreviations of things often relate to P, R, and D. Very, For example, um, uh, DTS. Right. Dolby Theater Sound. Right. DT Switch. DT Switch. There it is. And this very prominent thing that we all experience, it's there all the time. Mm -hmm. Wow. But I'll explain, I'll explain this in the second part. Uh, the, I have not explained yet the, the fake ship, the little mnemonic. Right what it does to confuse us and how it works mm. uh, but let's, let's skip that and, and go to the second part okay yeah let's we're gonna leave that because we got it looks like we're really following our notes well and i made a big chunk of notes about the the story from zohar but i i'm gonna look into that further you know on the side eventually because i'm very curious about more of the details it's it's a it's really um it's a really as uh, again as most holy books and of this nature it's a very smartly to use a silly word very smartly written thing mm -hmm. and it doesn't hide much especially when somebody like you quickly brings light to what it's saying it's a very on its face thing it's telling you exactly why most people don't know the secret mm -hmm. there's a hidden step there's a hidden part and unfortunately yeah, it's actually, often just living your life you just gotta I, only, life. I, I don't want to take credit for it I, I only heard this from a rabbi in his right. words because when you look up the story of Pardesh online you are not going to find literally, allegorically, jurisdictionally, and secretly. I see. This part is well hidden. Sure, that's the secret. Yeah. Yeah. The secret is the secret. <laughs> the secret is the secret here, and that's, you yeah. really do have to know a thing or two to read any of this stuff. You know, even, you know, like, ugh, I can name any, I can name any of the greats, particularly, let's just say, like, 19th 20th century german philosophers or earlier than that let's just go to write to greek or any of the latin stuff people writing in latin just to hide things that's a whole nother topic but yeah. you you can't just read it you know you really need to know what they're trying to tell you a lot of times you have, these you have to have like, mastered the four ways of interpretation you can read it four times once literally once allegorically once jurisdictionally and once secretly that's that's beautifully said and i think that we can yeah. end with this idea of you know hey look at this quote in the bible like it means this We're like well i think it also means this and this and this it's not it's never one thing and this story is the same there's no difference it's written like yeah. as if it's from this just reads like a bible passage you know and that's the point is that it's it's not supposed to be it's supposed to last you your whole life where you read it again in 20 years like a whole wow uh, and same thing with movies especially now people like me and you and anyone in let's just say shout out to, again to interverse crew or anyone like that you watch a movie you haven't seen in 10 years it's like oh my god that's awesome really yeah they were, they were saying that you know well whole time the new layers that get revealed are, are some so sometimes so mind-blowing sure right exactly like um silly super silly example but you know my stepkids 
are a little older now, and they were watching the Batman, the animated series from the 90s, which had some great stuff. You know, it was actually one of the better shows for sure. And Two-Face is that Batman villain, and he was hiding in the Janus Theater, which it makes perfect sense. Janus is the two faces of the, you know, the end of January, the end of December, starting in January. We get the old man winter goes away, the new young year comes in. So Two-Face hiding in the Janus Theater. Just the little tiny things that you're like, wow, these guys really clearly had a lot of knowledge going on, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. If you choose that particular name, yeah. Exactly. You don't even have to know who Two-Face is. You, now it makes perfect. Janice Theater, Two-Face. That, that's Janice is the Two-Face. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, the little things that hide, you know? So having said that, I'm excited to keep going here, and let's, uh, you know, we'll take a tiny little break here. Everyone else out there, thank you so much, as always. The viewership is growing on Rockfin. I have a, you know, I've, I've my Patreon is growing. Everything's starting to, you know, fall into place as as I had hoped for this show because I really do put my heart and soul into it. And thank you. Your support really gives me the, it almost gives me the power to continue with the way I'm doing it because I had this grand image and it changes over time. That's just how it goes, you know? And that's why there's like little pieces of paper here that I'm not hiding anymore. I don't have time. I don't have time to clean up the desk thoroughly every single time. But, um, and thorough, there's another word with the GH that we don't need. So thank you. This has been so far just so on point, man. You really, you really get my show as a fan, which I can't tell you how much I appreciate. And this is clearly a third eye episode and more. I, I learn. I'm learning right now. And that's part of the fun here at Third Eye Edify. So thank you. Yeah. And we'll we'll see you guys for part two. I'm looking forward to it. My pleasure. Yeah.